Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Recorded live. Hi, everybody. It's October the 6th, 2016, and it's time for my private audio call. Tonight, we don't have a special guest speaker. I didn't, you know, go out of my way to try and find one. I'm sorry I was busy, but uh, Roddy Kay, who is always a special speaker, has uh, got his hand up, so I'm going to unmute Roddy Kay. There you go. You've been unmuted. What have you got to say, Roddy Kay? Uh, This is not my authorized voice. But uh, <laughs> see if you could get Dave No Taxman to do a little chat. Dave No Taxman, well, I think he's here. Yeah, tell him, uh, come on. He, you know, Dave, himself. do you, well, if you press that star eight, Dave, I'll unmute you, but it's up to you if you want to talk or not. I'm he's hiding, he's hiding all Illuminati Jesuit priest style. We know, we know what's up. <laughs> no, he's not. Usually he just likes to listen, I think, but... Uh, I'll leave it up to him. There he is. All right, thank you. I do believe. Okay, well, I I thought you wanted to talk, Roddy. No. Good evening. Somebody asked for me? Has somebody asked for me? Oh, my gosh. You know what? I had my mute button on the whole time, and I was talking. Good grief. Oh, my goodness. Yes, Roddy Kay was asking for you to talk. Hi, Dave. How are you doing? Well, we're not getting blown by the hurricane just yet anyway. (laughs) Oh, that's good. Are you in Florida? No, I'm in Delaware between New oh. Jersey and uh, Ocean City, Maryland. Okay. We're between the Chesapeake Bay and the Delaware Bay. So it's coming that way too? Well, they claim it's going to curve to the right and go out to sea and loop around and hit Florida a second time, possibly. Wow. But all their computers are not agreeing with each other, so... They don't know for sure. It doesn't happen very often, but it it can happen. So, what did they evacuate that whole state? I didn't. I just heard bits and pieces of it on the radio. Well, we just developed a wait and see attitude. We're mm. on high ground here. Oh well, that's good. We're not right along the ocean front or the bay front. We're about three miles from the ferry terminal. There's a 
ferry that runs from Cape May, New Jersey, over to Lewis, Delaware, where we are located. We're just about 25 miles north of Ocean City, Maryland. I have no idea where that is. I know where Maryland is, but uh, I'm going to assume Ocean City is right there on the coastline, right? Duh. Oh, yeah. Well, hunker down, honey. <laughs> have you started the call? Yeah, it started uh, at 6.01 or something like that. Well, did you want me to start? Sure. Go right ahead, my dear. The floor is yours. Well, basically, it comes down to that everything is by agreement. It would be by contract, but since there's no money, there can be no contracts. Because for a contract to exist, there must be some consideration of value. And since the private corporation, Federal Reserve Corporation, has no money, they just issue IOU notes called Federal Reserve private corporation notes, which are worthless, irredeemable, non-interest-bearing private IOUs that pass for money. Nobody, including the International Monetary Fund and the (laughs) Federal Reserve, nobody has any actual money. Well, they have our IOU notes from Janet Yellen, who's the current chairperson of the Federal Reserve, last I heard. So anyway, everything is a agreement, but the rest of the rules of contract remain that to enforce any contract or agreement, they have to have all three primary elements of jurisdiction, not just one. Those three primary elements are called person, place, and thing. In law, that's called in personam. The place is called the venue. And the thing in law is referred to as the subject matter or contract. And the proof is when a cop pulls someone over for a uh, traffic stop, what are the three things that they ask for? Your driver's license, that's for you to prove that you're one of their fictitious persons that's enjoying a privilege of being licensed to charge money and drive, regardless whether you're actually driving and charging money or not, which most people are not, but they don't bother to learn what Howard Griswold has been teaching. So they're not aware that everything is a privilege and driving is a privilege and having a driver's license is a privilege to charge money. They just presume everybody is. And that presumption stands until you refute or deny that you are. You have to tell them you are not for hire to destroy their presumption, and that your automobile, your private property automobile, is not a vehicle. It's not a vehicle in commerce because you're not using it to charge money with. You're not using it to charge money. So it's not a vehicle in commerce. So neither you nor your private property automobile are subject to the motor ring, motor vehicle rules or regulations. But they presume everyone is until you point out that neither you nor your private property automobile are for hire. And if you're going to put a tag on the back of your car, your private property, it has to say that. It has to say private property to destroy their presumption. 
that it is property of the state Department of Motor Vehicles. And you have to say on your tag that you're not for hire to destroy their presumption that everyone is. That way you're not subject to or required to have either a license to drive or operate and your private property car does not need a tag to motor passengers for hire or third-party goods for hire. Howard looked up the definition of the phrase to motor in a Latin to English dictionary, and it turns out that the phrase to motor means to move for hire. So if you're not moving for hire, passengers or goods, why do you need a license to motor people or goods when you're not charging money and your private property car is not being used to charge money? But you have to refute and rebut their presumption. Otherwise, it stands as true. So uh, every time I get pulled over, back when I used to get pulled over, I uh, would point out to them that this private property automobile is clear of any claim of interest by the state or the Department of Motor Vehicles of the state. And if they want to uh, claim otherwise, I'll have to have them file a report of a stolen automobile stolen by the Department of Motor Vehicles because they're in possession of the MSO, Manufacturer Statement of Origin, which was stolen from me and converted from my private property to the property of the Department of Motor Vehicles when I purchased it and paid cash. If you have to finance it, the lenders, the lawyers, the communist BAR, British Accreditation Registry, BAR lawyers, will instruct the dealership to not let you have, not let you purchase the car, non-vehicle in commerce, but they will advise their clients to not sell it to you unless you agree to allow them to uh, turn over the MSO, Manufacturer Statement of Origin, to the state's Department of Motor Vehicles, and then they will issue a certificate, which is nothing more than a sworn statement, certifying that they, the Department of Motor Vehicles, holds the actual MSO in their possession, and they issue you a certificate of title that they certify that they are holding the MSO, and you are the authorized user, and they presume that you're using it authorized by them to charge money until you destroy that presumption by saying private property, not for hire, and destroy their presumption, either verbally, orally, and in writing, if you need to, for court purposes, put that in an affidavit form, sworn under penalty of perjury with a notarized signature. But usually the attorneys, when they find out that you know better, they don't bother to pursue you any longer. They want to pursue people who pay up quietly and go along. Anyway, Ralph Witterout has done a lot of research into that. He's a researcher from Alaska. In fact, his website is called Alaska Minuteman. 
com, and he has uh, revealed a lot of this research that they have effectively converted everyone's private property car to the Department of Motor Vehicles' personal private use, which is called extortion. But uh, they don't call it that. It's actually a uh, taking. Constitutionally, it's a taking of private property without just compensation because they took it when you bought the car or pickup truck or whatever it was. If you paid cash for it, they should have given you all of the proof of ownership, which is the contract of sale or purchase agreement and the receipt that you paid for the price mentioned in the purchase agreement. And they should have given you the manufacturer's statement of origin, not stolen it from you, and sent it to the state's Department of Motoring Vehicles division or department. But anyway, unless you demand that they give you the MSO and the contract or agreement and a paid receipt, since you're paying cash, you want a cash receipt that they've accepted the payment called for by the agreement and the ignition keys. and then you can uh, ride, not drive, because you're not charging money when you leave the dealership. You can ride your private property, automobile, or pickup truck, or whatever it is you're purchasing from the dealership, bicycle or horse, <laughs> whatever. But you do not need to have it licensed or inspected or insured or regulated because you're not charging money. It's not for hire. And once you say it's not, there's no way they can prove otherwise. Because only only two entities know what your purposes are. And that's you inside your mind or your brain or your skull. Only you and your nature's God. And are they going to subpoena God to the witness stand to call you a liar? in any way, shape, form, manner, or style? I doubt it. Anyway, we have to destroy their presumptions and tell them if, if the state wants to claim they have an interest, I have to turn in a report of a stolen automobile. They are, have stolen my private property automobile by claiming they have an interest when, in fact, they've committed a conversion of my private property to the state's personal use and profit by charging me a fee for a non-necessary license. And of course, the lawyers that the police will obey, uh, they do not want to have to file a case against their own corporation, which is nothing more than a collection racket. The entire government is nothing but a collection racket of corporations, and each agency is a separate corporation. Each agency of government is not a government agent at all. It is, and Rod Klass has proven this four times, at least, that I know of. He's got four separate rulings from four separate judges and four separate cases and four separate times or dates that what passed for government agencies are actually private for-profit corporations and have nothing at all to do with government at all. And the people that work for them are not 
government officers. They're just employees, just like somebody who works for Federal Bakery is an employee as a baker for the bakery company. Well, these guys wearing the reflective glasses and the wide-brim hats and the badges that masquerade as if they are policy enforcement called police officers, they're not. If they're policing or enforcing any policy, it's the private rules and regulations of that agency, the corporation, private for-profit entity that Rod Class has for cases proving that they are not government agencies. They're private for-profit corporation. And you can check this out by going to, I think it's called Manta, M-A-N-T-A, and look up the name of any agency, and it'll explain who, what the actual name of the corporation is and the location of the main offices and who the principal parties to it are. Anyway, that's why when a cop pulls someone over, the first things they ask for are the driver's license, which is the proof of the in personam jurisdiction. The presumption being that you needed to have a license to charge money and drive. And the second thing they ask for is the registration card of the automobile. And we are trained to reach into the glove compartment and self-convict ourselves by producing a registration card. And the third item that they request is a uh, proof of insurance. And again, we convict ourselves by producing a card, which is uh, prima facie evidence that there is a contract of insurance somewhere else back in your home office or file cabinet. But your contract of insurance is there, proof that they have subject matter jurisdiction over you. You just gave them the evidence. You've just uh, destroyed the protections that are allegedly provided to you in the Bill of Rights of not having to convict yourself, but they trick us into convicting ourselves all the time. But unless we deny that we are the fiction person, old capital letter name with a government property ID number, which they have tricked everyone into saying and thinking, wrongly believing, is ours, it's not ours, it's theirs. Congress issues those numbers only to fictions that the fiction Congress has created, called corporate fiction person subjects of Congress. Well, I don't know what country you folks are living in, but back when I thought we had a country, it was a constitutional republic, and I was created not by its board of directors called a Congress of Fictions and a fiction organization called a Congress that created fictitious persons that are subject to its Congress. That ain't me. I was created by God with the assistance of my parents, male and female, and had nothing to do with the fictitious corporation called Congress, filled with communist Republicans and communist Democrats and communist libertarians and communist communists and communists, every other political communist party that are in that Congress. They no longer, the minute they get in, they no longer work for you and I. 
of course, during all these debates, they pretend that they are going to represent your interests and my interests. But once they get into the office, suddenly you and I could go pack sand. They don't care. All they want is to work on getting re-elected for that paycheck. And they all work for the international money renter cartel, whether it's the Rockefellers or the Rothschilds or the uh, 300 learned elders of Zion or whoever is in charge of the uh, what passes for money system in the world. Every nation is subject to this same problem. They just call their clearinghouses by a different name. For instance, in Russia, their money is cleared the same way in this country is cleared by the Federal Reserve Bank, and in Russia, checks are cleared by the Gus Bank, and uh, all these different countries that issue their own, where they have their private banks issue their own private IOU notes. So it doesn't matter whether it's lira or pesetas or pence or any other title of what passes for money, it is not. It's an IOU note for money. It's not the actual money. And that's the reason that we're going through this depression now. It's not a recession. That's just a polite word. But it's going to be a, and is, a actual depression only this time Instead of as it was in 1929, it was only the stock market. Well, in this go-round, it's going to be the entire money system in addition to stock market. And it's not going to be limited only to the United States. It's going to be worldwide. The entire world, thank you to the Internet being free, which Obama is trying to enslave the Internet by signing it over to the United Nations to uh, regulate. That means to prevent you from using it. Anyway, there's not much I can do about that or him doing it. But it's the Internet should be public and it should be unregulated as far as censoring through the United Nations or any other regulatory organization. Because it's, it's going to amount to a taking of your freedom of speech. They will approve or disapprove. I go on the internet now and go to some website and it says, no, sorry, you cannot access this website because they do not have a security certificate. Whoever issued that or refuses to issue that for me to have access to their website. (laughs) Anyway, you can expect more of that government interference and uh, That's why they hate Trump so badly, because he has never been indoctrinated. I think that's the phrase they used in in the debates the other day. They said that Donald Trump had never been indoctrinated. Well, that just means educated, brainwashed, to that the international money renter cartel controls everything, starting with the legislative branch, Congress, and going on through the judicial branch, they're not judges. They may call themselves judges, and people think of them as if they are judges, but they are employees 
they all file a uh, form 83, I think it is, for employees of the corporation for that particular court, corporation that they work for. And they get a paycheck and they get a tax taken out of their earnings were supposed to be un, uh, unlimited remuneration. Well, if they're supposed to be immune from the taxes, why are they getting their getting their income reduced by taking withholding and being subject to the regulations of a private corporation called the Internal Revenue Corporation? or Internal Revenue Service Corporation. Anyway, in order to enforce any contract, they have to have all three, person, place, and thing. They cannot prove that you are a fictitious reflection. Therefore, under their own court rule number 12, court rule 12B1, they cannot prove that you are a fictitious creation of theirs. So you can put in a motion to strike their issue their complaint against you for failure to comply with the requirements of their own court rule 12b1 in that you are an actual live natural man or woman and not a corporate fiction person subject to the fiction congress so they have failed element number one and you live natural people are not in fictions called state of whatever or a two capital letter fiction that stands for a fictitious state of or a one two three four five or nine oh two one oh numbered zone which again stands for a corporate fiction state of or most people do not live in the 10 miles square, which is 100 square miles, called the Military District of Washington, which is the District of Columbia. The city of Washington, D.C. is actually the Military District of Washington. Anyway, that's uh, wheels within wheels within wheels and corporations within, we, within corporations within corporations. But they're all interlocking, and uh, they're all fake. They're all phony. They're all fictions. Live, natural, flesh and blood people do not live in fictions. I don't care if it's called the District of Columbia, or a fictitious state of, or a fictitious two-capital letter abbreviation, or a five or more numbered fictitious zone. Actual people are on, they're above, they're on top of the actual land, not in the corporate fiction called state of whatever that land may be. So they cannot prove that you are enjoying a privilege or benefit of living in one of their fictions, state of, and that's why they send people a tax bill every year because you're enjoying the benefit of them holding your actual land deed in trust for you. And as long as it's in their possession, the MSO, in the case of land, it's called a deed to land instead of 
the manufacturer's statement because it's not manufactured. God created it. <laughs> he didn't let man manufacture it. Anyway, the fact that people are not in fictions, where do they get the right to tax people for owning their own private property land? And the problem is we have been tricked again by the Communist BAR Lawyer Club. We've tricked them into, pardon me, they've tricked us into allowing our ownership, evidence of ownership or document of title called a deed. Private property deed is registered into the public property records. But the public corporations, county of whatever, never paid you for your land. They just converted your private property land into public property by recording your private property evidence of ownership deed into the public property records without the just compensation. And that's a taking of private property for public use without just compensation, which is unconstitutional. And therefore, the court rule 12B2, you are not in their fiction, and they cannot prove that you are. And the best way to remove your deed from their records would be to send 10 bucks to People's Rights Association and ask for Howard Griswold's 48-page DATA data package titled Security Agreement Indemnity Bond Financing Statement. It's three documents in one, and you fill in the blanks in the questionnaire blanks and mail that back to Howard for him to create that document for you based upon the numbers that you've provided in the questionnaire blanks. And he then sends you directly by postal service mail that cannot be emailed. And he sends that completed security agreement indemnity bond financing statement to you for you to record at your state's Secretary of State UCC office. And part of Howard's instructions are that you, when you get your plunked in copy back from the Secretary of State's office, he, he instructs people to photocopy the front page only and send that front page back to Howard for him to keep in his files under your name so that you uh, will not lose those numbers. He will not lose those numbers because you will. Prove, uh, time Experience has proven that people misplace those numbers and then later when they need a document created, they cannot find the numbers that need to be uh, placed onto that document. So Howard insists that when you get your security agreement recorded at the state secretary of state UCC office and you receive your clocked in copy back, you have to photocopy the front page only that shows those numbers, the date that it was recorded, the place where it was recorded, the book and page number where it's in, the uh, place that it is recorded and the instrument number, the uh, document number, all those numbers that the state stamps on the front. have to send that back to Howard for him to keep for you in his files. And he, you then have the status or standing. You can prove that you're not a creation of Congress. And it's on record at the state's Secretary of State office. And um, Howard can then... Hey, create... I was just going to say there are 
our two people with their hands up. So if you want to take some questions, or I don't know if they want to just, you know, participate or comment, are you up for it? Uh, well, yeah, usually I wait till the end of the seminar, but I'm not going to get an eight-hour seminar into a two-hour conference call anyway. So <laughs> go ahead. They can ask questions now. But let me finish this one thought. The point is, okay. once once you get your document recorded, Howard then has the numbers in his file, and he can then create for people an assignment of partial interest to discharge a claim of tax bill or a claim of a hospital bill or a claim of uh, any other kind of a amount that a government or government agency claims you owe in the all capital letter name you can instead of you writing a bank check which assigns them an interest out of your checking account you get howard to create for you a assignment of interest partial interest up to the amount of their claim and that discharges their claim of debt they claim you owe on behalf of their fiction <laughs> that way you're letting the dead pay the dead own claim of debt. Why should the live natural man pay for the all capital letter fictitious entity that does have a government property ID number? That's the entity they're sending the bill to and expect to get the payment from, so pay in like kind. And the other document that people mainly like to have created by Howard after they've got the status or standing is a affidavit of commercial notice Again, based upon the recorded security agreement document. And that would terminate any document that you inadvertently got tricked into giving away without being properly reimbursed or compensated with some kind of money of value, hopefully, but which they've hornswoggled everybody into giving away for free without even asking. So you have to start asking for the payment or return document of title, either the automobile MSO or the deed to the land, either pay me, since you didn't pay me originally, pay me now, the present day value, current market price, or um, either pay me or remove my land from your records and put it into the private property records instead of the public property records. So they have not proven the in personam, they have not proven the venue, location, and they have not proven the subject matter contract. There can be no contract because they have never provided us full disclosure. So we've never had the ability or capability to form an intent to accept or consent or refuse. Therefore, no signature they may have on any document is an authorized signature. How could we have authorized it when we never had enough information or knowledge to form an intent to authorize? Therefore, it must be a unauthorized signature. And again, who are they going to get on the stand to refute what your intentions or purpose of authorize or not authorize? Only you and God know what your intentions were. And if you say that's not your authorized signature, who are they going to get on the witness stand to refute your claim that is not your authorized signature? They will never, no lawyer will, ne will ever allow them to raise that it must be an unauthorized signature because the definition of an unauthorized signature is a forgery and you cannot be held to a forged document or document bearing a forged signature, which is the reason 
they never have subject matter because no signature they may claim is an authorized signature. And it's their fault because they never provided us enough information or knowledge for us to have had a, enough ability or capability to form an intent. So they cannot enforce any of these contracts, just put in a move to strike for failure, their failure to comply with their own court rule 12B1, 12B2 is the venue, and 12B3 would be the subject matter. And it's right in the rules of procedure. They're always using 12B6 against us, failure to state a claim upon which relief can be granted. Well, they've failed. <laughs> they've failed on all three counts. They've failed to prove we're the person. They've failed to prove we're in their fiction zones or areas or districts. And they've failed to prove they have a valid contract, so they have no subject matter. Therefore, and that's how Kobe Bryant, the famous basketball star from California, got the charges that had been brought against him, got them thrown out of court because he said that is not my authorized signature. And he would not say anything other than that is not my authorized signature. That is not my authorized signature. And what 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 could they do? They can't they can't subpoena God to the witness stand and he's no live human, even when they're crooked henchmen that work for the corporations, lawyer communist lawyer controlled corporations, they don't have enough uh, brainlessness to get on the stand and lie under oath. <laughs> they may be stupid, but they're not that stupid. Do you know anyway. what the questions were before he answered that question? Uh, that is not my authorized signature. Did they, I mean, was what were the questions like? Did you sign this? And he just said, "I don't know that which." Is not I don't know. Answer. I don't know about the particulars of Kobe Bryant's case because it doesn't really matter which question he just answered. Whatever question they were asking him at that point was based on them having produced some kind of document, a piece of paper, and whatever it was for that particular question. That was his reply. That is not my authorized signature. It's only a couple of years old. That case has not been around that long. So look it up in the California Bryant, B-R-Y-A-N-T, Kobe Bryant, K-O-B-Y. It can't be that many basketball stars that are in court with that name in California. Right, right. Anyway, the charges got dropped because they couldn't proceed because... And it's not his authorized signature, and they did not want to raise that it was unauthorized signature because that would have brought up the fact that it was a forgery because they never pr produced enough information or knowledge because they never gave him a full disclosure. He never had the ability to form an intent to authorize. Therefore, if he says it's unauthorized, then he and his nature's God both say, it ain't mine. Yeah, yeah. how do you prove it otherwise? How do, no, that's on them. Their, their front yeah. system crumbles right in their own face. They can't prove it. Yeah, yeah, what what are the questions now that people had that they wanted to ask? Oh, go ahead, face one. Did you want to ask a question or make a comment? Yeah, well, I just uh, was going to go back to the beginning when um, the speaker Dave was talking about the um, license, registration, insurance stuff. And I was just wondering, uh, everything sounds right, I believe, to us listening. And have you, uh, do you, have you gotten pulled over in the past and, and you tell this to the cop there and, and what has happened or, and can you well, elaborate? First, I did not know the difference because I had not studied fully and I've been with Howard Griswold's research group for 35 years. I finally got it right. 
And when they pull me over, along with other people, the way they do with these uh, mass pullovers, and uh, I told them, this is not a vehicle because it's not for hire. I'm not motoring passengers for hire. I'm not motoring third-party goods or freight for hire. Therefore, I'm not driving. I'm riding my private property, just like I would be riding a bicycle or a, riding a horse or riding my roller skates or whatever. If I'm not charging money, you have no jurisdiction over me because I'm not motoring passengers or third-party goods for hire on the public ways. What was their response? Sorry? Oh, what, what was, was their response? Yeah. Uh, they said, have a nice day, sir, and handed me <laughs> the papers that I had handed to them. And mm-hmm. so what kind of paper did you hand them? Like a notice or something? I think if uh, it was several years ago, I think it was an affidavit that I am not for hire and that this private property automobile, automobile is not a vehicle in commerce and is not being used for motoring passengers for hire or third-party goods for hire. Signed it, it, by me. I don't remember if it was notarized or not. At this time, do do you you or your person? I mean, this in the most general sense. Do you have a license, or is, is your car registered, or and no, have insurance? No, I do not have a driver's license because I do not charge money and do not drive. Therefore, I do not need a license to enjoy a privilege that I'm not enjoying. If I was charging money driving, then I would have to have a license, and my private property car would have to have a motor vehicle tag on the back of it. But since mm-hmm. neither one of us are charging money. We're not in commerce, and they cannot regulate anything unless it is in commerce. Yeah. So you're, you're right as it stands right now. You go about your business uh, with with no license because um, you're, you're not required to have one. And well, uh, yes, but no, you have to understand, sir. I've had a stroke, so I no longer would operate a automobile anyway. Uh, all of my uh, locomotion is either by foot or by bicycle. I've been instructed by my healthcare. Oh. Uh, uh, you know the 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 uh, sure sure the oh, yeah they they told me not to ride the moped any longer and to mm-hmm. ride a pedal driven <laughs> pedal yeah. foot powered bicycle so okay. I, so my answer is yes from beforehand but afterwards now I have to obey my uh, nutritionist and healthcare people sure or die. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm, I'm I'm done. I'm just listening in now. Thank you. Oh, okay. Well, thank you for okay. your question. <laughs> thank you, yes. Okay, next up is uh, Roddy. Where are you? There you are. You've been unmuted. Hey, Dave. Uh-huh. <clears throat> I appreciate you being self-governing and responsible, but I do believe an unlicensed person like yourself, a man, would do well, better no, than not a person. Man. Persons or well, persons. You know, I, I'm a people. Just, I'm a male people. Yeah, I, not I understand. Person. I understand. Please forgive me. I'm just for topical, you know, <laughs> okay. common reference. I believe you'd do better than these damn licensed drivers they have out there today. Have you ever considered uh, changing the status on the title? Like when you get the title and things current, just uh, well, that's just that's title, one, just title, that, just title it only. That's one of the things that uh, that uh, Ralph Winterode is uh, working on. And uh, see, the dealers, people, the dealers, I know people who have done it. 
the the new car dealers are in a bind when they go to request a license to sell new cars they are uh, extorted by the lawyers well there's agents. a lien on it at the time until it's paid for pardon me i think there's a lien on it at that time until it's paid for and even when it's paid for most people just continue to renew it every year instead of actually change the deck well, you go to a new car title. dealer when you go to a new car dealer generally it's uh, you're buying a new car if you pay cash money, then you're in a position to tell them either I get the bill of sale and their paid receipt and the MSO and the ignition keys, or I go down the block and buy that car from a different dealer where I get you're, the documents that you do not steal them and send them to the state. You're daggum right. I, I still think that uh, the record can show a presumption that whatever your property is, is still on the record titled as a motor vehicle so sometimes if you just title only once you've got the keys and it's in your you know bill of sale and all that well, the, the title the actually the certificate yeah. of title and the certification is issued by the department of motor vehicles after they're in possession and they are the holder of the manufacturer's statement of origin that has been converted from you to their benefit without them paying you it's called theft hmm. or conversion or a taking of your private property without just compensation, which is unconstitutional. I'd like to get, like to get more on that MSO. Uh, well, real I just, I just, like I, I say, I he's working on it. I, I don't see any relevance to it as long as you get it, you know, titled properly. The, the record shows that it's, you know, yours, and you're not a you're not an operator of a motor vehicle. But there may be something to that MSO. I'll sit back and listen and see where it goes. Well, that's the evidence of its existence. <clears throat> Just like a birth certificate is the evidence of the baby's existence. When the mother is taken uh, out of the delivery room with the child, the nurse comes around with that metal clipboard and asks all these questions and tries to get the mother. Usually they're doped up because of the pain and everything. And uh, they try to get the mother to sign over the newly born child into the arms of the state's Department of Vital Statistics because it is vital to the corporation state to register its property. So they try to trick the new mother via their nurse to register newborns into the corporation state. People are not satisfied to accept the hospital's birth statement, signed usually by the doctors and uh, any nurses that were in assistance. They're not satisfied with that. They want to go get a state-issued birth certificate. And that's the problem. Some people have actually taken their newly born child out of the hospital and not not waited around. And uh, they were requested to return the hospital's property, their child, to the hospital until they've completed the checkout process or procedure. And the main reason is not because you did not pay the bill yet, although they make out that that's the they got you thinking that's the reason. The real reason is they don't have the wife's signature on the request for a state-issued 
birth certificate from the Department of Health or the Department of Vital Statistics of the state corporation. But it's all fraud and trickery and misinformation and deception and lies and more fraud. <laughs> if people don't know the difference, they continue to get tricked into falling for the fraud. Okay, we have uh, Cheyenne has their hand up. Go ahead, you've been unmuted. You've been unmuted, Cheyenne. Okay. I don't see you even trying. Maybe you stepped away from your phone. Well, anyone anyone who thinks of a question after the conference or some other time, you can always just send an email to the no tax man at dmv.com. That stands for Delaware, Maryland, and Virginia, not the Department of Motor Vehicles in this case. <laughs> but it's no tax man, N O T A X M A N, at dmv.com until the end of the year when I'm informed that the server is closing and I'll have to get a new email address. So I don't know what it's going to be or. If we'll even get to the first of the year, so I'll cross that okay, bridge so when, the, when the bridge collapses. I'll have to get a new email address. No taxman at dmv dot com. Yes, until until December thirty first, they threaten. Okay. Typing it into the chat, so. No taxman at cmp.com. Okay. There. Uh, anybody else have a question? Oh, okay. Always. What is that? Always. L-R-N-G. Okay. You've been unmuted. It stands for... It stands for always learn. It stands for always learning. Hi, Angela. Oh, okay. Hi. <laughs> um, I have had, it's kind of crazy, it doesn't just happen in hospitals with what he's saying. I have had um, six of my seven children birthed at either my house or at a midwife's uh, birthing center. And, you know, you're you're told you need to register your child and you need to register the birth. Um, now with the midwife, you know, they're stated that they have, they're required to fill the paperwork out. Now I have had one of my children, which me and my husband were kind of talking about it later, that um, too bad we didn't know what we know now because we wouldn't have registered or sent in the paperwork on our last child. Um, the only thing that kind of makes it a little rough is is like you're saying, everything's been, they've like squeaked it down and have been tying everything together that you can't do this unless you have that and you can't do that unless you have this. And and they've just been knotting it down over the, you know, 100 yeah. years just to keep on tightening it down. Yeah, you, cannot um, get, you cannot get additional government benefits unless they trick you into forfeiting this ownership yes. of your private property child over right. to the state. Even if you all everything's just linking together with your 
private property, real estate, you know, and taxes. And well, I don't land. want real estate. Yeah. Uh, I don't want anything right. to do with real estate. I want land. Land is right. actual. Estate is just some appurtenances that attach to land, but the value is mm-hmm. in the actual land. Real estate okay. is just a estate is just a claim of rights that pertain to land. Mm-hmm. So none of these benefits, or what they call benefits, going to their public school indoctrination centers. The best mm-hmm. thing you can do is keep your child out of that public school. I, I do. I homeschool. <laughs> yeah, well, but, me but, too. But the point is, here, most people, like here, you say, most people do not know that. But here, here's the other problem, even in that area, um, that, that, you know, if people don't deal with it, they don't see the side of it. Like, for example, um, for me to homeschool my child, uh, I have to send in an affidavit each year stating that I'm going to, and then they have certain guidelines. You have to state uh, that you have a GED or high school uh, diploma. And they're you basing this state, on what piece of paper that you that they allege you signed? Yes, this is an affidavit that you must you, that they tell you you must submit into the school district because yeah, they say you must based on what right. paper are they saying you must? Oh, they're stating that they they're claiming just like everything else, they're claiming it's a law. Um, so they say you must. You well, must that may be, but that's their law, and it applies to the employees right. of that government corporation, not right. people who are not signing on a contract with full right. disclosure. They've never given you given you the full disclosure. Therefore, exactly. you can send back your affidavit that whatever paper they have is not your authorized signature. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you. Well, you want Here's your signature returned to you, your unauthorized signature that they are relying upon. You want it returned to you, right. or they can pay um, you. They can pay you your value of whatever your child is, and you put the number of what. Right, because of course, because of the fact of submitting that affidavit, that they, what happened was is we were really, really contemplating not doing it this year. But here's what happened. Here's what happens: the school district, when they know that you have children, which you know I have homeschooled and I've submitted the form. So they know that I have seven children, um, you know, so many that are in in school age. So when I didn't submit the affidavit, because, again, me and my husband were pondering, okay, how are we going to handle this if we don't submit this affidavit? Well, I'm getting calls from the school district. And they're saying, you didn't submit your affidavit yet. What are you doing? Are those children yours or the government's? Oh, absolutely, they're mine, and we definitely Okay, well, then you that. just tell them that. Tell them those right. children are your private property, and if well, they want happened. to claim they have an interest in your private property, send you a check for $2,500,000 or whatever you think the value of your children are to you, that they can <laughs> either purchase them or forget it. Keep their nose right. out of your private life. Right. Well, we're still learning a lot of this stuff, so I, th- I said to my husband, I said, you know, until we know how to handle these things a little bit better. I said, let's just kind of play along with the game. We've done it here for the past couple of years because the write-off, as soon as you don't get that in, they're going to start sending you truancy and they're going to start, and eventually they're going to come and pull the kids, you know, and then you got that battle. So I said, you know what, let's fight well, with some other you, little un- things first. Until you pull a Kobe Bryant defense on them and say, that is not my authorized signature, you're correct. They're going to continue on until you confront mm-hmm. them and deny the legitimacy of the signature on whatever request or whatever application paper they claim that they have or that they mm-hmm. believe is valid. 
until you point out that is not my authorized signature. Right. So either um, pay you the money or return your private property. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, it, it's just amazing how I just wanted to state how it's, how they've got so many things all tied down. It's been squeezing it more tighter and tighter. And but it all comes um, down to a contract. It's very simple. They're trying to complicate up a very simple situation, and they just add uh, agency upon agency upon agency, and they're not government at all. They're all private for-profit corporations, every one of them. They're listed separately on that Manta, M-A-N-T-A, website. Every corporation, every government agency is listed there as a corporation. And And they uh, rely on your agreement to go along with it. Mm-hmm. Right, consent. Which yep. is, as long as you keep going along with it, you're you're agreeing to the deal. You know the way it is. Mm-hmm. I until mean, if you, you if you yeah, until you dis you know uh, rebut the presumption. <laughs> right, defy or rebut their presumptions. That's the only way. Because everything they do is fraud, and if you expose their fraud. Like any good rats, they run from the light of truth and hide in the dark corners. Why do you think they want to control the Internet? Because everything's getting exposed, and they don't want it exposed, so they have to control the Internet to prevent you from reading about all their crookedness that's getting exposed by Snowden and Assange. But I understand her fear, because that's, you know, that's the they they put the threat of taking your kids away from you. If you if you prove, have them prove that the that they have any interest in those kids, you they you're claiming they're your property, make the government prove that they have paid you for your property or the government's claim of its interest in your private property children. Pay up or shut up. Okay. Yeah, simple. we discussed that. We discussed that, and I, like I said, I said to my husband, I said, so we get a little bit more knowledge in our head as to you know how to act with some of this, um, you know, how to proceed, you know, how to talk as a man and a woman, right. and, you know, right. tell them what's what, you yeah. know. Well, everything they do is fraud, and everything they do is presumption that you will never do anything about that it's fraud. So disappoint them. Call them the fraudulent thieves that they actually are. Make them either pay you for your private property, for them taking or presuming that they can take your private property, or step back and keep their mouth shut. Yeah. Okay, it's like there's a couple more people with their hand up. Shall we move on, or did you have anything else you wanted nope, to do? Um... Nope, I just wanted to state that, um, you know, even on this end of it, we used to do tag and title work. We do notary work with mortgage. We see a lot of the stuff that a lot of different people that we've been listening to are stating, and it's like, wow. So, oops, bye, thank you. Nope. Yep, I just it's, wanted to it's, comment. It's a learning uh, opportunity. <laughs> Yeah, it definitely like, is. Like your like your name says, always learning. Good. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and it never ends either. <laughs> yep, that is true. But you you will get to a point where you feel more comfortable doing it though. So yes. Well you can always go to our website. The new electronic website on the internet on the um, internet is www.escape-tickets.com. dot escape dash tickets 
dash IRS dash court dot org. That's a ridiculously long name. Okay, <laughs> then go to escapeharassment.com. No dashes, just escapeharassment.com and the uh, email How many address are in there? is listed on that website on several of the pages, no taxman at dmv.com, where you just send your request to the uh, submit button, and we, we reply to all emails within 48 hours, unless it's a three-day holiday or something. Uh, you don't believe in talking on holidays? <laughs> Thank I you. I think so. Thank you. Moving on, let's see here. Bob T. in Colorado. You've been unmuted. Really? Oh, yes, you have. I was not ready for that. Oh. I, I did put my hand up, though, didn't I? Yes, you did. <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, Do you want me to come back to you? Hi? Do you want me to come back to you later? Um, no. Okay. How are you doing? I mean, on the personal side... Uh, I mean, I got my own problems going on, you know, the last... What's your, what's uh, your guest name? My gosh, I got his email, but I didn't get the Dave. name. Dave? Dave. The no-tax man. Yeah, I've been, I, uh, I haven't been around in a while. You know, I've been, like, out of the loop. Yeah. Yeah, since the Carl feud and all that. But I'm more of a Carl kind of guy. I would rather forget, I would rather not, when I feel, when I start doing a statute or filling out one of their forms or um, quoting one of their laws, I feel like I'm going right into their game. And if you're going to play their game, you better know what you're talking about. And I would rather just play stupid and say, you know what, you don't have no jurisdiction and I'm not going to walk past the little gate and... No, I'm not getting a lawyer, and no, no, no to every single thing they say. But, you know, I got a DUI. God, it was last January. I think I told you, know, you about it. You know, they don't care what you want. <laughs> in, in the law case, International Shoe Corporation versus the state of Washington, the United States Supreme Court said they ruled that the way the courts get their jurisdiction is by presumption. The presumption is that you, me, Angela, Howard Griswold, everyone is enjoying purposeful, there's your intent, right? Purposeful availment of some benefit, privilege, license, title of nobility, like voter of, taxpayer of, member of, citizen of, title of nobility, or opportunity offered from government, they presume. Yeah, that's where they get their jurisdiction by presumption. So the only way you well, can destroy that presumption no... is to refute and, and and deny and not accept any of those benefits, privileges, licenses, or titles of nobility or opportunities offered because that is not your authorized signature. And it's their own fault because they never provided us the full disclosure for us to have had the ability to form an intent to authorize it. Therefore, it must be an unauthorized signature. Which is a forgery, and they cannot they cannot enforce a forgery or forged document. That's exactly what I was trying to say. It's a forged document. The whole thing's a fraud. 
the, it's all a lie before you even get started. That's so why Kobe Bryant got, got the case against him thrown out by saying that is not my authorized signature. And they never raised yeah. the other side of the coin. If it's not an authorized signature, why would they raise something that's going to work against them? They know the fraud they're doing. Don't worry. <laughs> they will protect themselves. But if we if we expose their fraud, that will uh, discourage them, hopefully, from continuing. Well, I want to go on the offense. I want to make some money on this stuff. I mean, I'm wanting to sue somebody down there at the courthouse <laughs> real bad, you know, as we all are, I guess. So the only thing they understand is when you bring your claim in. I mean, that's the point I'm at now. I have a court date on the 21st, and uh, I I sent them a pretty threatening uh, notice, notice to all public, you know, from Anna Juan Wright's April 5th. You know, what you're, what you're asking has already been decided by the United States Supreme Court. Again, the ruling I was that Congress, being a legislative branch body does not have authority to delegate to a executive branch body a constitutionally mandated obligation. Of course, that case was about the GAO, Government Accounting Office, and the case is titled Bowser, B-O-W-S-H-E-R versus Sinar, S-Y-N-A-R. And Bowser was, at that point in history, Bowser was the head of the GAO, Government Accounting Office, and Sinar was a U.S. representative, Mike Sinar. And uh, he was challenging the newly passed law, the graham rudman hollings Act, where Congress was trying to pass a, across-the-board, 10% cut, uh, where all agencies and all states, everything was going to be cut by 10%, and then when the constituents came complaining to their senators and representatives, they could fall back on saying, well, that's uh, executive branch and we're just a legislative branch and we can't order the executive branch what to do. Well, Mike Sinar took them up on that and took it to court. And that's what the Supreme Court said. It said that Congress, being a legislative branch body, does not have authority to delegate to an executive branch body a constitutionally mandated obligation or responsibility. Now, if they cannot do it with the GAO, they also cannot do it with the Federal Reserve Private Bank Corporation either. Either. In addition, they cannot do it. But for some strange reason, nobody ever brings that question to the Supreme Court. They either wake up dead in the morning or do not get reelected or it fails to get prosecuted and it gets fumbled around and not pursued. The point is, the United States Supreme Court has already ruled the Federal Reserve Act is unconstitutional, and Congress does not have authority to delegate to a private corporation called the Federal Reserve Bank Corporation a constitutionally mandated responsibility to coin the money and regulate the value thereof. It does not say Congress shall rent the nation's money supply at interest from Prescott Bush or any of his progeny, George W. or any of the others. If it if it's usury, it's not money. If anybody should be making interest, it should be Congress. It should be coining the money and making any interest 
instead of charging the people taxes for earning a living. But I'm not going to get into the political side of it. (laughs) I have enough to do. All right. Next up is Great Gazoo. Go ahead, Great Gazoo. You've been unmuted. Hello, Angela. Hi. Hello, Dave. Hi. Um, I went online a couple weeks ago, and I look at the map. I Google uh, images of the map of the country, or what they call the country. And you look at all the states, and there's no state of anywhere. Even the own government maps, it just says Texas. There's no state of Texas. There's no state of Georgia. It just says Georgia. That's the actual land. Maps are actual maps of land, not maps of fictitious lawyer-created, imaginary uh, shadows or reflection or zones, they're fictitious. Yeah. There is no state of, there is no two capital letter abbreviations on the map, so either. Either. Right. And another thing that I did was I went on Manta and I found U.S. Congress is on there and they, in their own hand, Say we are a privately held business. They give you directions. They give you a phone number, operation of hours, email address where you can send them emails. All the contact information is there, and they show you who is the manager. And where's the there? Was that the Manta? Yeah, Manta. Manta Manta.com, mm-hmm. and it's U.S.-Congress, and it's there. They're a business. Yep. They give you their hours of operation. It's all right yep. out there in the open. It's a private for-profit corporation. Yeah. And another thing I found on there is every embassy for every country has an embassy in Washington, or sometimes it's in New York at the UN, is also a privately held business. And you see who's the manager, and it's the guy who is the, you know, the, uh, the, the, what you call it there, you know, he's the, he's the guy who was elected as ambassador. He's the resident agent. Right. The, the whole world is running like this. It's all under one big giant umbrella corporation called Illumicorp. So it doesn't matter whether it's a private corporation a public corporation or a government corporation, it's all controlled by a BAR communist lawyer because no corporation does anything without the advice and instructions of its lawyer. That's right. It's a, it's a monopoly. No corporation runs, and they, they also write all the contracts. So once these communist uh, politicians get elected into being a senator or a representative, Suddenly, they're no longer interested in you and I, the voters, the constituents. <laughs> they're only interested in getting reelected and and making deals and being indoctrinated. That's why they're against Trump because he's not indoctrinated into who really owns the world. They and everybody says, "Oh, the Vatican owns all the world because it claims so." Yeah, but it claimed it for the church and not the people. 
So it is void because the Bible didn't create the church. The Bible created the earth and the people. Well, the American people threw out the king, allegedly, that thought he was in charge and thought he, England, owned all of this continent, North America, south of Canada and north of Mexico. (laughs) But the people took exception to that, and uh, that's why we have a constitutional republic, not a democracy. Democracy means mob rule. That means take from whoever and divide it up among the peasants or the proletariat, whatever demeaning title they want to give to the underlings. Yeah, it's another form of communism. Of course, but that's why these politicians get on the TV and they talk about the democracy. He said, boy, they they don't even know what country they're supposed to represent or running for office in. It's not a democracy. That's not the government that I was sworn into the military to uphold, protect, support, and defend. I I always was told it was a constitutional republic. Uh Well, they don't know that. The politicians have forgotten that part. Minor detail. <laughs> yeah, right. They they changed the definitions in Webster's and reversed them. So if you look up democracy and you look up republic and you compare the definitions of the slave dictionary, that's what I call it, the slave language in Webster's, they've reversed it. They made it seem like the democracy is where the individual has the rights. And they say the republic is where, you know, the population as a whole acts as one body, and there's no individuality at all. That's why they're called representatives of the people, not just mob rule. Yeah, and I I don't get that. I mean, if you want to represent somebody, you need to go door to door and, and tell them, hey, I'm your representative, what do you think about that, you know? You can't just assume you're God of the county or God of the state or whatever and just say you're all, I will make your decisions from now on and not give anybody, you know, the benefit of due process and say, hey, how about, you know, I represent your interests on this issue, you know, abortion or, you know, gay marriage or something like that. They should be able to, you know, put well, in anyone a Anyone who wants to avoid uh, agency extortion, whether it's controlled by the Vatican or the lawyers who work for the Vatican, it doesn't matter. If you want to avoid agency extortion, go to escapeharassment.com, also known as escape-tickets-irs-court.org. In either case, if you implement Howard Griswold's strategy number one, deprives the enemy of the ability to accomplish service of process upon you. They cannot proceed. They have to, according to due process, they have to serve you with written notice and serve you with proper legal service of process. And if you implement strategy number one, you deprive them of uh, the ability to do that. They cannot comply with that requirement. Remember all those Homeless people in D.C., they were living in cardboard boxes on grates where the heat from the building was coming up through the grates on the sidewalk. And mm-hmm. they couldn't they couldn't serve legal process on the homeless people because they did not have an address. Because the definition of an address is domestic. It's within the corporate government. But if you have a 
non-domestic post location, that's non-domestic, and an address is an address in commerce, actually, but it's called an address that's in within the government. The point is, once you withdraw from having an address and you use strategy number one, there's no way they can, you're just like those homeless people, you're unreachable. Mm-hmm. Well, they cannot. They cannot serve you with their extortion demands if they cannot reach you. Would you still get mail though? Because I, I have, I don't get any mail at all anymore. Sure. <laughs> I just put address you not recognized in. That's right why. That's why. That's why Howard Griswold's process works so well. It has to be. You have to be able to prove that you did it. So you have to reply by certified mail because you have to have that number as proof. Uh-huh. And these court clerks are not. Uh, they're not psychic. They're not, uh, you know, they don't have, uh, what's the word, four C, uh, crystal balls. They can't know in advance if you don't serve them notice that you've accomplished strategy number one. And you have to serve certified mail because the court clerks will lie and say that they never got told. But you, yeah. have, to, you have to notify the court clerks with Howard's neutral wording and it has to be served certified mail proof that it's been done with a copy photocopy of the original certified mail stub so they know it's been done by postal service proof evidence mm-hmm. yeah then they they can't claim they never got evidence or that it wasn't they weren't notified cuz you've got certified mail stub that says they were you and they're ever... not going to get they're not going to get on the witness stand and lie under oath. They'll be afraid of getting caught. Do you ever um, use like a counteroffer, you know, a conditional acceptance upon proof of claim type of thing? Well, if you go to that website, escape-tickets-irs-courts.org or escape harassment, study those definitions that are posted throughout on the three or four different pages. Like the definition of due process and the definition of a contract, the definition of appearance. If you do anything, anything at all, if it's beneficial or detrimental to anybody, you've made an appearance. I never knew that until I studied it. And Howard took that definition right out of their books, right out of Corpus Juris Second Edition, called Corpus Juris Secundum, second edition. And right out of that Corpus Juris, second edition, it says that the definition of appearance is if you do anything, any flickering thing at all, beneficial or detrimental to any party, you are making an appearance. That's why you've got to use Howard's neutral wording in your response in the strategy number one, because if you address any of the issues, if you make smiley faces in the margin or any kind of Smart remarks. Anything beneficial or detrimental, you're making appearance. It has to be returned in pristine condition. No smiley faces and no smart remarks. When you return something, that means to turn back the original document. Mm -hmm. So if you do not want to fall for the appearance trap, do not add stuff. If you do not want to fall for the acceptance trap, do not keep it. But again, you've got to have certified mail proof. Everything's got to be proven 
And if they, especially if they see everything certified mail, then they're not going to attempt to get on the witness stand and lie through their teeth like they've done so frequently. They've actually instructed police officers to get on the witness stand, sworn under penalties of perjury, and lie as long as they get the money. Say anything you want. Lie. We don't care. We will not prosecute you, police officers. Just say what we tell you to, whether it's right or wrong, and we will not prosecute you for perjury. And that's in a case called Briscoe versus LaHue, where they actually came out in the court record that police have been given permission to lie just to get the money. So it's the whole sham court system is strictly for extortion revenue, revenue collection. That's what that's what justice means. The actual definition of justice has nothing to do with court. The word justice, the definition is collection. Justice is collection of the just amount. You're already guilty. You must be. You're in the collection court. So the just amount, the justice has been extracted through the process. So the just amount, the justice just amount is what the jury says or the judge. But that's mm-hmm. what the court is. Justice is a collection racket. The whole court system is a collection racket in the interest of justice, not what's right or wrong. Why do you think they're so concerned about jury nullification? Because it destroys the communist BAR lawyers' control of extorting money, hiding behind these corporations called government agencies that they have duped people into wrongly believing (laughs) our government, even though they're not. They're strictly private for-profit corporation entities. Rod Class has four separate law rulings from four separate judges and four separate courts, four separate dates, four separate cases, possibly more. That's just four I know about. Yeah. Okay, great to do. Yep, thanks, Angela. Thank you. All righty, next up is uh, Ali Mohammed. You've been unmuted. Hello, Angela. How are you doing? Hello. Really good. Thank How's you. Your... Wonderful. How's your son? He's doing fine. Thank you. That's good to hear. Uh, hello, uh, Mr. No Tax Man. David, how are you doing, sir? Okay. Wonderful. Uh, as you know, this is Aline Muhammad. I, I just want to say one more one thing before I, I, I have a couple of words to say. I just want to commend you. That's basically what I, why, why I chat, 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 chat then. Then I want to also, Angela, commend that gentleman who was on September the 1st. I think you know who I'm talking about, um, Bill Thornton. I think okay. I, you may have had someone who commended him, you know. Uh, I want to commend you, too, for for getting these, these wonderful guests on, I want to uh, uh, say that what uh, uh, Mr. David, no tax man, is doing tonight is really enlightening the people and giving out blessings that's beyond belief. Uh, I so know. Just, Thank you, Dave. Same, I appreciate it. And it's the same thing that uh, uh, Mr. Sutton's doing. These exceptional people, believe it or not, they may not know it, but they, they just did oh, what yeah. they give. And the giving hand is better than the receiving hand. Uh, I, I just want to say that, and God continue to bless y'all. I'm gonna listen, and if I have something else to say, I'll tell you. But 
Just keep up the good work. That's all I want to say. Thank you more than anything. Well, thank you. But everything I learned is courtesy of Howard Griswold. So that's really who I deserve the thanks. I'll pass on your uh, your compliments. So thank you. All right. You're welcome. I'm, I'm out. Bye. Well, thank you. All righty. Next I'll up is, okay, Roddy K. You've been unmuted. Two quick questions. Dave, can you elaborate more on the authorized signature? What what makes it, you know, when to use it and all that good stuff? And two, what do you know about void orders or void judgments? Well, uh, the definition of an authorized uh, signature is better explained in the law dictionary under the definition of an unauthorized signature or the law encyclopedia. It says in the Law Dictionary and Law Encyclopedia, that the unauthorized signature is a forgery. So I really cannot comment any more <laughs> wisely on that. They've already admitted. And that's why when Kobe Bryant, the California sports basketball celebrity, said, that is not my authorized signature, they did not want to proceed because they could not prove it one way or the other. Well, hang on now. Uh, hope and they didn't want to raise that it was an unauthorized because then it would be a forgery, and they did not want it to be on the public record because then everybody would know what Kobe Angela. Bryant had learned and used. Angela, are you still confused on that? Like, when is it, when's it, when, uh, what does I'm it not, mean at the time? Uh, no, I'm not confused about it. I was just wondering what the questions that were uh, given to him that – that he gave the response, you know, that is not my authorized signature. I mean, I can see them asking a whole bunch of different questions and not wondering, does it matter what the question is? You not know, really, I mean, was, they have never was it provided, really a forged document? They've never provided anybody with full disclosure. Therefore, nobody ever has enough information or knowledge to have formed an intent to authorize, and therefore, no document they may have. Thank you. There's that's what any authorized signature by anybody. I think that's the key point, Dave. Uh, the uh, what do you go with full disclosure? Because if you just sign something willy nilly without well, the full court disclosure, agreed. yeah, <laughs> the court well, yeah, evidently agreed with you because they dismissed the, the charges yeah. against Kobe Bryant. It has to do with the intent, I think. And what do you know about void orders? Oh, I'm trying to remember the name of the guy that specialized in that. Well, since the courts are all fraud anyway, everything they do is void for fraud because they have never provided us enough information or knowledge to have agreed or authorized. Therefore, whatever the case was about that they claim was the judgment was based upon is void for not complying with court rule. 12B1 in persona, not complying with court rule 12B2, the venue, and not complying with their court rule 12B3, which is the subject matter. It's three separate motions to strike the plaintiff's claim for 12B6, failure to state a claim upon which relief can be granted because they've never established the preliminary or primary elements of jurisdiction of person, place, or venue or subject matter. They cannot proceed to 
any collection under any contract without person, place, and thing in compliance with court rule 12B1, 12B2, and 12B3, then they can proceed. That's why a cop, when he pulls people over, he asks for all three, the person, the driver's license and the registration card and the proof of insurance. And only after he has all three of those, he then has all three elements of authority or jurisdiction to write you out a summons or ticket or citation or whatever they call whatever it is in that uh, bailiwick. They cannot enforce any contract until after they have proven all three primary basic elements. Everybody gets hung hey. up in the in personam and they forget about the venue and they forget about the subject matter. Okay, moving on, let's see here. Uh, Cheyenne826, you've been unmuted. Do you have a question for Dave? Cheyenne eight two six, you've been unmuted. Hey you, hi everyone. There you go. Hi. I know. God, I've been waiting. Uh, Dave, I have a few questions for you. Can a cop act as a witness being paid by the state? That's one. Two, I have um where did I do with that one? Could you repeat? Could a cop do what by the state? Can a cop act as a witness being paid by the state? My my answer would be no. Why no? Because he can't be paid by the state as a witness. Why not? Oh, well, the judge is paid by the, by the court, right. which is part of the state. Right. And uh, well, who do you think pays all the police? They're all paid by the Department of policy enforcement or public safety depends on the particular state's uh, hierarchy. They're all paid and that entire court system, fraudulent though it may be, is just a money extortion racket being operated for the collection of the just amount of debt that they presume you're already guilty of. The whole purpose of the trial or the court is to determine which is the just amount of the debt that you must already ad admit to owing because that's the definition of a defendant is a fiction. Life and natural right. people are not defendants. Right. So if you, if you let them get away with calling you the defendant and do not protest or object, you've already lost. It doesn't matter what the issue is or what they charge you with. You're, you're alive, natural, female people, not a corporate fiction person created by Congress and subject to Congress. That ain't you. You ain't the defendant. So why are you there? Or much less answering questions. Correct. Well, and now what that's happens... not your authorized signature. Stay out of their courts. Okay. So what happens when they actually do a summons and they don't check the box that you have to appear? Well, when you get that document, get Howard's strategy number one from escapeharassments.com and follow his instructions and be sure to follow them completely and accurately. And everything has to be sent certified mail to prove that you sent it. And you have to put that 
remark, that statement or that comment, both on the envelope and on the Howard's proposed neutral wording, you have to put the phrase third party affidavit of mailing. Third party affidavit of mailing. Just that mm-hmm. comment, that statement goes both on the envelope and on the neutral wording that's in the strategy number one. Because then they will think, they will believe that you have a affidavit from your uh, secretary or your next door neighbor or the kid down the block who took your mail for you to the post office and paid the postage and put it into the mail stream. And he gave you a written statement, third party statement that he had put the documents in the envelope and put the envelope in with the postage on and put it into the mail stream for you. And rather than get themselves <laughs> into a problem on, in court by lying on the stand, they will just uh, not bother to try. If they see that phrase, third-party affidavit of mailing, they know better than to lie and claim whatever to get the money. Well, what I've done is I got a date stamp from the post office, anything that goes out. So that works very well. I'm sorry, the stamp says what? The date stamp from the post office. They date stamp it. Uh-huh. So that works better. Because the post office used to be the court or is the court as well. So normally when they want to turn down your documents and they see a date stamp from the post office slash court, they will end up filing it. I learned that one. So my next question is, when you went into, uh, let's go back into, since we're into the mailing, um, have you ever did the Form 317? I have no idea what it is. What is a 317? United States Postal Service Certificate of Mailing 3817. Oh, yeah, but that's got no numbers to identify what it is you're mailing or to whom it's being mailed. Oh, no, it does. No, you know it does. Well, who signs it? No one signs it. That's the best part about it. They don't know that you've done that. But the post office does it, and you have to fill it out, and then they end up stamping it. And they but won't you have no, stamp it. you have it. no way of proving that they received it. That's just a certificate that they put it in the mail stream for you. No, there's no a there's certificate a of mailing. mailing only is a certificate that you put it or you gave it to them and they put it into for you into the mail stream, but you have no way of... There is a number there. No? Okay. I don't think so. Yeah, there is. That's uh, why you only pay a buck and a half for a certificate for that stamp. Okay. They stamp okay. it, but it doesn't, you can't prove that they received it on their end. Okay. See, with certified, with certified I mail... Look into that. With certified yeah. mail, there's always a record. You can right. any time in history, you can always go back to that number. Right. No matter how many years ago it may have been, it's always there under that I number. I will look into that. Okay, let's go back into the IRS. Have you ever looked into the form of form one three seven three six? Internal Revenue Service is a private corporation, and I do not work for the private corporation. They do not pay me a paycheck, so I'm not an employee, so I'm not enjoying any benefit or privilege. 
or license or title of nobility or opportunity offered from the corporation Internal Revenue Service. Therefore, I'm not subject to it. None of my earnings is income. If I was a corporation, and then I might have income because the only, Supreme Court has decided you. that the definition of income is corporation gain and corporation profit. And I'm not a corporation, so I'm incapable right. of having income. Right. A corporation can. That's why if you let them trick you into acknowledging or claiming that you are or have any contact with the all capital letter name, with the government property ID number, which they trick people into saying is theirs or is their social security or socialist slave ID number or taxpayer license ID number. Which is funny, the OPM number is not there. Because it's got nothing to do with government. It's a private corporation. Exactly. Anyway, I just use Howard's strategy number one, and I've used it since 1972 when I first learned about it. And it's been very effective for me. We've got five people waiting in line, so can we move on? Go ahead. Go ahead. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks. All righty. Next up is Renzo Brown. Hello, Renzo. Did you have a question or a comment for our guest speaker, who wasn't originally supposed to be our guest speaker, but came on to save the day, bailed us out? Hello, Renzo Brown. Did you want to say something? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't even realize I had my hand at that time. <laughs> I'm just sort of new to this. And I've been listening to all your old private audio calls. There, so I just want to say thank you. Oh, thank and you. Then, I appreciate hearing that you're listening to them. There's a lot of good information on them. And I think I, I agree with that guy. I, I think Kirk Collinbuck is on the subject. And I also think Ken and Doss, I think they're on the subject, too. I think if we could get those two bright, intelligent minds in one room, I think I think yeah. we could see next. I really do. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> I mean, but I, I really didn't have no question. I'm going through the authentication process like everybody else, you know. I just want to call in and listen in. I'm on my job. Work, I work 12 hours still. And so wow. I, have a lot, I have a lot of time to listen to a lot of your private audio and, and, oh, and good. what Bill Jordan uh, brought to your show, that, that was excellent also. I just want to say thank you. Uh, keep up the good work and be true to name. Thank you so much. I appreciate that a lot. It's good to get feedback like that. Enjoy. I, I'm glad you're uh, learning from them and continue to do so. Thank you so uh, much. Thank you. Uh, thank you. With that, I yield the floor. Okay, thank you. Alrighty, next up, Great Kazoo. Then let's see, we've got Always Learning and then Nuke Welder and Guest 51. Go ahead, Great Kazoo. You've been unmuted. Hello again. <laughs> hello, hello. Uh, I just got a comment real quick. The Kobe Bryant case, I believe Taxman has said before a while ago that it was a tax case. It was a IRS case. It was shortly after Denzel Washington went to jail, like six months, maybe a year later. Kobe was on the radar. So just to clarify, Angela, that the questions would have been related to his W-4, 1099, or 
tax-related documents from the right, IRS. Right, 1040 form. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Thank you so much for clarifying that. I, I wasn't, I forgot about Dave saying that last time, so that helps. Right. I still would like to know what the questions were, but it doesn't really matter, but just my own curiosity. But those, thank you for that. Those IRS forms 10, uh, 1099s that people send in for you, <laughs> reporting on you behind your back to the Internal Revenue Service, sure. they're worthless. They are what's called hearsay. Right. They're not valid documents. No. They're just hearsay. I agree. Okay, next up, always learning. Go ahead. You've been unmuted. Hey, thanks. Um, I was just... I think what Cheyenne was trying to say regarding the fact of, uh, I know you're saying about them being paid, but um, I think in the case of a witness, like when we do things with notarizations, if there is, or like even like wills, uh, when you have someone witnessing uh, someone signing, even in a state of as a man or a woman, um, you know, where you have two or three witnesses, for example, uh, witnessing a will. And that the person's cognitive and they know what they're doing. Um, they cannot, of course, should not be a party to the transaction where, you know, they would benefit from uh, the transaction that they are witnessing. So I'm thinking that's maybe where Cheyenne's coming from with that question as to how could a police officer be a witness in the scenario when they are being paid and they are benefiting from any fees that are being collected. Uh, so that was there. What's your thought on that? Well, you're presuming you're in a court of law, in a court of rules and regulations. Mm-hmm. Ralph Winterout has got the research under Rule 47, court rules to proceed or trump all law and statutes and code. The courts have nothing to do with law or statutes or code. The courts are convened under court rules and only court rules. That's why we study court rule 12B1, 12B2, 12B3, which is the person, place, and thing, without which they cannot enforce any contract. So you're saying in the sense of then when the cop pulls those three things like you were saying that... Well, you're in an administrative Mm -hmm. uh, court. They're administering. Mm -hmm. They're administering. You are presumed to be enjoying a license and enjoying that you're charging money by license as a driver or whatever it is in internal revenue service. They're presuming that you're earning income Internal revenue is income, but since you're not a corporation, you cannot have corporate gain or profit, corporate profit, therefore you're not subject unless you get a paycheck from some government agency slash private corporation every two weeks. You're not an employee of the corporation government. Okay. Um, and then the other thing I was, I was going to mention the fact of the certificate of mailing. Um, I know that attorneys use that exclusively, and they do not normally use the um, uh, the green card. Um, 
post no, office. No, no, no. Howard has taught for years, never, never, uh-huh. never use a green card because that's doing something that's beneficial to somebody okay. or detrimental to somebody. And you are making appearance in the case as a party to the case by using the green return card with your certified mail. Do not use the green return card. Oh, okay. So you're just using where well, you're just paying for the service to show that it was delivered. The, the, the certified mail is your proof that you've accomplished Howard's strategy number one. You don't okay. have to prove whether they received their own mail or not. That's on them and the Postal Service, and they can right. complain to the Postal Service. That's not your I obligation. Think, uh, I think the certificate of mailing, at least from what I understood when I first heard about it, is the fact that well, it's proving if, that if you it, gave, it, if it, it works for you, If it works for you, go ahead and do it. Howard <laughs> says not to. And he has reasons for his research. He recommends certified mail, and if that's what mm-hmm. we teach. We teach what works and what's been proven to work. Right. If you think right. the certificate by some clerk at the post office is better, by all means, go for it. But that's not well, what Howard it. teaches, and that's not what strategy number one is about. Right. Well, just my thought on that was is I was assuming that was or presuming that that was putting them as also a third party that they received it and that they accepted it to mail it out through their service. That's kind of the way I took that to be, um, you know, so. Well, you need to go to our website and study the definition of accepted. Mm-hmm. Escapeharassment.com and look at the definition of accepted right out of Corpus Juris Secundum. Yes. That strategy number one destroys their presumption that it's been accepted by you. So if you fail to implement Howard's strategy number one, you will be committing, you will be getting tricked into falling for the appearance trap and the acceptance trap and the subsequent resulting contract, and you will pay or go to jail by your own agreement, even though you were tricked into it, it's an agreement, it's a contract, and you will pay or go to jail by your own agreement and acceptance of their offer. And that's that's what a definition of a contract is, the offer, the acceptance of that offer, at which point a contract arises by law, by the acceptance, and once accepted, the offeror can no longer withdraw the offer. They cannot go back on it or take it back or wish he had not offered it. Once it's accepted, both parties are immediately bound and held to specific performance by the acceptance. And that's why Howard's strategy number one teaches do not accept, and it has to be neutral and anonymous. Otherwise, it's beneficial or detrimental, and you're making appearance by doing something other than what Howard teaches. It can, cannot be both. You cannot be a little bit pregnant. You either are making appearance or you're not making appearance. And if you do anything, anything at all, if it's beneficial to anybody or detrimental to anybody, they got you. You fell into the trap. You made appearance. And a contract has arisen. Whether you intended to or not, you got tricked into it. And now you will either pay or go to jail by their court, by their administrating their collection of the just amount of justice that you agreed to in the in the agreement. <laughs> 
Second for me, successfully, since 1972, the Internal Revenue Service, those 10 different computers they've got around the country in different areas, they don't even send me invitations any longer. They used to, back when I first learned how to do this from Howard. And I began to cost them more in postage to get their own crap returned to them. <laughs> and they decided it was not worth it to them to get their own stuff back. So they quit sending me their garbage. Okay, thank you. Okay, next up is Nukewelder. Hello, Nukewelder. Hello, hello. Hello. So, I, uh, Dave, I just wanted to run a thing or two by you and maybe uh, comment on, on a few things that people have said. Uh, in our experience, we are able to prove our uh, delivery of anything. We just simply use a proof of service and have an, un an, an uh, uninterested party put it in the mail. So that goes with the, if you want a double whammy, like you say, certified letter, there it is. It says exactly what was in the letter. It's not you that put it in there. You didn't put it in the mail, but you have a disinterested party who can come and witness and testify to the fact that that's exactly what was in it. Problem solved. No right. question. That's why the, the third party affidavit of mailing is so critical to go on both the envelope and on the letter that yes, goes sir. inside. Yeah. It's absolutely infallible when it's done correctly. That's why Howard's process is guaranteed to work so long as due process is uh, still in effect. When they when due process is terminated. All bets are off. Yes, sir. With respect to the gentleman who was asking about void judgments, the name you, I believe you were trying to remember is Richard Cornforth. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. I couldn't recall his name. That's the guy that's okay. done all the research on that. Yes. And um, the reason that I'm <clears throat> so, I guess, well studied on him of recent is that I am in the middle of a uh, court battle on void judgment with the court. In fact, I was in court on it today. And so the if people want to learn more about that subject, then I suggest that they uh, research the issue void judgment and subject matter jurisdiction either under Google or go to scribd.com. And there's uh, most of Richard's information, he's dead now, can be discovered there and including his whole Who's uh, dead? Who? Richard Cornforth. I didn't dead. know he died. When did he pass away? Oh, it's been I guess three or four years. I had no idea. Nobody told me. Nobody me sent an email. Huh? Me too neither. I did not know either. Are you yeah. sure? I'm I think I'm I would have heard sure. something. Yeah, wow. So Bad, maybe, so. well, sir, maybe you'd like to put out your email address so people who uh, cannot reach Richard Cornforth any longer, maybe they can network with you directly if you care to. Uh, absolutely. Uh, that's nukewelder at gmail.com. That's N-U-K-E-W-E-L-D-O-R at gmail.com. And uh, I'll be happy to help anybody that wants to understand that. I'd like to also address... 
uh, one of the one of the issues you talk about specific performance, and so where we have, for example, in avoid judgment, if the con let's say that somebody's walked past it, gotten entangled, now we do have the issue of verified signature and specific performance of a contract. Let's say, for example, my issue is subject matter jurisdiction, and that they've failed in that respect to gain the in personam jurisdiction either by illegal arrest or in my case failure to properly serve a warrant and that that does not that that prohibits the court from from uh, uh, getting subject matter jurisdiction and that is a fact that therefore you then need to get the court to rule on that issue but i think that um you know i'm 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 blessed to have this and put in your sworn affidavit under penalties of perjury, notarized signature, that that, that is not your authorized signature on whatever the document they're introducing as their foundation. That is not your authorized signature. Yes. They well, cannot I know. they cannot subpoena God to appear on the witness stand against you and only you and God know what was inside your mind or your skull or your brain and your intentions. Only you and God. Right, right, and that is the one element of every single criminal case that they cannot prove is the So put that intent. affidavit in as your evidence. I will, and I appreciate that. That for that was exactly how I was going to ask you if you're in in a position like that where you're already up the river, so to speak, like I am. I mean, I've been working on this case just to let people know the case is never ended, and you cannot lose your case until you quit. Because there's always an exit, no matter where you passed it, with information like what Dave is presenting, which is a, a fact that cannot be rebutted. There's no one they can put on the stand to rebut your statement that they could say, well, we've got, we've got someone that can disprove your sworn statement. So that's, that's, that's a phenomenal... Well, that is not your authorized signature, so how can the other party get on and say what you did or did not authorize? Absolutely. Well, for first of all, they don't even have a signature. I never signed anything. So well, they have an they have a an a, a uh, application for some kind of document. Otherwise, they wouldn't have your name in the first place. An application for a driver's license or an application for a marriage license or voter registration card or something. They got okay. your name somewhere. They do. They did. They, they, you know, admittedly, yeah, that that evidence might exist, but it's never been raised. So it's so that you it's know, never been not, refuted by you either. Put in it. I will. <laughs> I will. And destroy their presumption. Yes, that'll be the first element of the of the because right now where this situation is in a criminal complaint on a felony in uh, in California that's gone all the way through to a it went to a plea bargain of guilty. And then there's a whole bunch of crazy things that happened there, but nevertheless. Plea bargain? Did you agree to a plea bargain? Yes, I did. This is before I knew anything. Like I said, well, you can still put whatever they made you sign to agree to that plea bargain. You can put in an affidavit that that is not your authorized signature. Yes, sir. And that destroys the validity of whatever they think they've got. Awesome. Yeah, that's a very powerful, powerful thing. Uh, With respect to one other thing that an individual had said with that he was interested in trying to pursue the uh, financial remedy for their fraud and for the things that they're doing. 
my my mentor, whose name is Zeke Lehman at PowerPolitics.com, he's been we've been working together for about six years, and uh, we're his his uh, emphasis has always been, at least in California, and it, I, we believe it applies to the states, is the is the fact that under the Administrative Procedures Act, which is also what Rod is harping on, that when, when it, for example, in California, the Administrative Procedures Act here requires that if an agency, that's any agency, makes a claim that you have a right to a hearing and that, uh, the, that you're, we do this by a thing called the Notice of Defense, which is similar to, the, similar to what you're talking about, Dave, but it's a, it's a little, it, it's kind of a, a, it goes to the issue of whether or not that they have an authorized complaint against you in any way. It's not, it's not exactly what you're doing, but we're saying that you cannot, as an agency, bring this, bring any issue into the court for some kind of uh, justice until they have one granted. Well, in order, in order for any of these administrative procedure uh, rules and regulations to be uh, substantive, they have got to be promulgated. That means published, promulgated in the Federal Register. Yes. According to Ralph Winterow's research, absolutely no agency, none of these private corporations that pass off as if they are government agencies, none of them have any substantive regulations. The only type of regulations they do have are internal agency or agency internal interpretive, that means somebody's opinion, interpretive opinion of some lawyer, and they are never promulgated in the Federal Register. And according, according to Amy Vonk, the head uh, attorney for the Federal Register, who Ralph Winterout actually spoke with about this, there are no agencies anywhere that have any regulations that are promulgated pursuant to the federal to the administrative procedures act so none of these agencies have any substantive with force and effective law regulations they they only apply if to anybody they only apply to employees of that particular agency not the public at large yes i well, i agree have them that you they say you're subject to their regulations have them show you where are these regulations promulgated in the Federal Register. They cannot right. do it because none of them are. Exactly. Well, well you have to tell is... them. Call their bluff. The lying-thieving cheats deserve to be. Have their... <laughs> Call them on the carpet for it. Well, what I was trying to say is that the way that we found that works to do this, and I can give you an example of how it, how it was fulfilled, is that, for example, in my case, I, I, they started calling me a dirty name here in California called employer and sent me a, sent, had a, an OSHA agent actually okay, come the definition of an employer is someone who is a agent uh, a head of an agency or a uh, an employee is someone who works for an employer and an employer is the head of a government agency or 100% completely owned government corporation Right, that can't be me. That's well, why I call it dirty work. But you've got to call them. They're lying, and you have to call them on their lies. I, I did. Expose their fraud. I, I did. And well, the way that that's done. Demand they prove that they have promulgated, properly promulgated regulations. Otherwise, shut up and get out of my life. They failed to I, comply with the Administrative Procedures Act. They They did because they failed to give me a hearing and because they failed to provide 
a well, then a motion to strike their act, their age, their action, their case, they, whatever they, it is. The way it went on this one, Dave, is that you never get to court. You never get a motion because, one, you've never had a complaint. When you file the notice of defense, they have uh, on the notice of defense, you say if you, don't, if you, uh, if you fail to provide to, against the two, the two um, uh, defenses that are in the notice of defense, one is which that you never gave me a certain indefinite statement to which I could create a defense, and the other one is that you have never given the, uh, display, you've never noted any act or omission upon which the agency could proceed. There's the subject matter jurisdiction, the impersonum jurisdiction, and the complaint that don't exist, and you have 15 days in order to give me these things, and if you don't, then you agree to stipulate to the fact that there is no controversy. And so that's what I did with OSHA after they did it with me, and I served them on that with that notice. They uh, failed to answer. Then the court says, sends me a letter saying that this particular legal secretary, who is the agent for the judge in the administrative law court uh, is asking me, is there a stipulated agreement between the parties privately? And I send the copy of that notice of defense to her, which is evidence that they were served of the, uh, and that they failed to respond. And therefore we have a that's what calls, uh, what uh, Bill Thornton calls tacit procuration. Uh, they tacitly agreed by their failure to respond that there is no controversy and that is the what's called a stipulated agreement that the uh, secretary enters in as the judgment, and it settles the case. You never go to court. You never have a hearing. It's just privately done. That's Great. This is the notice of defense in California, and it and it works in every state. Great. Oh yeah, that that was how that went. With you know, again, this this all still falls with with Ralph's uh, with his his neutral language response it's just a slightly different you know it just depends on if the if somebody i didn't respond to their complaint with the with the neutral language and that certainly would work equally as well if not better but this works also notice of defense they can't by law take any case into a court of 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 a, either a criminal court or a civil court in order to try to get a judgment against me because they've failed to exhaust the administrative remedy, and that is uh, that's Supreme Court law that where the administrative remedy has yeah that's not Court Rule Twelve B Six. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So yeah. you, you whatever mean, works. We, if it works, that's good. Go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can all. There's lots of ways to skin a cat, right? Yep. <laughs> Everything they're doing is fraud. So however you can skin and expose their fraud, go for it. Right. Well. Uh, Bless you, and I thank you for uh, bringing, you know, reminding me to uh, employ uh, Ralph's affidavit in my uh, in my in my action. And I hope you have a really really great night. Thanks. Thank you. Good night. Okay, next up is guest fifty one. You've been unmuted. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Yo, guest fifty one. You've been unmuted. Do you have your phone muted? Perhaps, or maybe you click star eight in error. Um, okay, well, I tell you what, put your hand up again and I'll unmute you. Um, next up is Hyperloose. You've been unmuted. Hello. Go ahead. Hello, hello. Yes, uh, I got a question for Dave. Uh, okay. I heard him on, on your show uh, maybe a couple, 
couple of weeks ago, and I checked out the web page, and uh, I'm, my situation is uh, I've already got a speed ticket. Uh, I've got a speed ticket, but I've already went to the arraignment. And uh, after looking at your uh, web page, I was trying to figure out where am I at? Am I between two and three? Or, or, or you know, because I'm, I'm interested in, in, you know, in learning this, but uh, I didn't want to, you know, uh, buy something that, that really didn't fit my my situation. Can you help me with that? Yeah. When you get to the website, study those definitions that are posted there right out of the dictionaries or law encyclopedias, especially the definition of go process, the definition of a contract, the definition of appearance, and the definition of acceptance. And then activate, immediately activate Howard's strategy number one first. And it has to be repeated with each paper they send or deliver or serve. Constantly, repeatedly, always and forever. They're tricky. They'll they'll come and serve something at the front door and leave a copy taped on the back basement door window and you'll never know about the other one unless you search your house high and low. They'll claim they left one on the outhouse okay. door in the backyard or something. Okay. So uh, it doesn't matter that, that I've already, you know, went to the arraignment and uh and I got it and I've got a court date because that's that's what was kinda of confusing me about uh the way your system was laid out there. Well did you uh, intend to be a subject of their corporation held to their codes and statutes and ordinances? Nope. Well, then that's not your intention. Then that's not your authorized signature. So you have to put in an affidavit that that is not your authorized signature. Okay. So it doesn't matter. On that plea agreement, whatever they made you sign. That's interesting. Okay. Okay. I got, I got one other question. Uh, I have a son. He's in uh, in prison right now uh, for a uh, a weapons charge. Uh, he was a convicted felon and uh, had a gun in the car. It was uh, anyway. Long story short, is there is there a way that uh, I can use your system, or he can use the system to get out of jail? To get out of jail after he's already committed. Right, right, right. Well, we like to teach people how to stay out of jail in the first place, not not how to, what to do after they've gotten both yeah. feet in the tar baby. It's a little kind of after the fact. Um, if he's a live natural man, he has a right under the Constitution to keep and bear arms, which he may have been doing, I don't know the circumstances, but as a live people, in name in all lowercase, that does not have a number, he has a right to keep and bear arms, and he did not raise that issue in the uh, proceedings that put him in jail. So he did not intend to be put in jail, so he did not that whatever he they made him sign that is not his authorized signature. 
and he was enjoying his natural God-given right to keep and bear arms secured against infringement by the Constitution, but they've infringed his right, his constitutionally secured God-given natural right. They've penalized him as if, see, you're in an administrative court. That's the problem. And if you destroy the document upon which they're administering, then they don't have any <laughs> anything to right. proceed on. Right. So the main thing is that is not my authorized signature on whatever document, and that pulls the jurisdiction presumption rug out from under them. Okay. Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to have to get your package in to uh, get the whole the whole ball of wax moving in. So uh, thank you. I appreciate you all speaking with me. Thank you, Angela. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Next up in our last caller is Vital. Go ahead, Vital. Good evening, everyone. Hello, hello. A long time to talk. How's it going, Angela? I know. Fine, thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, busy, busy, but doing well. Things are good. Things are uh, looking up. Well, that's good. That's always good. (laughs) Yeah, I don't have any questions. I just wanted to uh, call in and say hello to everyone. I haven't talked to anybody in a long time. and apologize Uh, to some people that have been trying to get a hold of me. Just, uh, you know, I was away over a month, and uh, many things got backed up. Oh, I went to Portugal to visit family and... Oh, that's nice. Have fun and relax and, you know. I wish I could have went with you. <laughs> oh, next time. Next year we'll Portugal. go. Yeah. Next year we'll have dream. a big... Uh, yeah. Well, it's not that difficult. Next year we'll have a, a gathering of uh, common law common law folk. On yeah. Portugal. We should do that. We'll invite Carl and, uh, you know, <laughs> no tax man and... Uh, Everybody. Everybody. Yeah. And by then, you know, smoking a bowl can come because it'll be legal over there, too. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> they just arrested a, a whole bunch of, well, not arrested, but uh, there was a story in the news here. Uh 81-year-old lady out in uh, Western Mass, yeah. uh, they had helicopters circling over people's houses, and they had the National Guard and state police going on, on people's land and ripping up uh what they call marijuana plants. Oh, my gosh. And this lady had one plant, and they went on her yard and ripped it up. Oh, well. Where was and this? And it's on the ballot here to be legal, uh, you know, uh, and taxed and licensed. And where where are you? Massachusetts. Oh, Massachusetts. Okay, good. Massachusetts. Well, I didn't know. Yeah, so I called that lady tonight. Oh, you but, did? Uh, yeah, uh, answer, you know, voicemail came on, so I left her a message. Oh, uh, what were you going right to tell her? Oh, I, I want to talk to her and see what, you know, if she's willing to uh, do some kind of action. Oh, yeah, sue the bastards. How yes. dare they come uh, we'll and see. steal your property? A friend of mine lives right on the street from her. That's kind of funny. Oh, well, let us know how that works out. You know. Yeah, we'll see if she if she gets back. I'll uh, I'll let you guys know. That's pretty old. Maybe it was a grandson or somebody or granddaughter that planted the plant. No, Did no, it was, her. it was her. She no, oh, she it planted was? it. Okay. 
because she it. had glaucoma <laughs> and all this stuff, so she heard that it was good, so it was medicine. Very good, and, very good. And yeah, she went, has uh, all the rights in the world to do that. Yeah, they went and robbed this poor lady of her medicine. Sounds like well, a case right. to me. Yeah, <laughs> I'll uh, I'll let somebody else get on the air and uh, you know. Well, no, we're going to close out the call now because um, oh. we're over two hours. And Dave, I don't know, it, you feel like uh, one more question or what? Was it something I said? Well, they destroyed <laughs> that lady's private property. Yes, that's there's what a I difference. Said. There's a big difference between hemp and cannabis. She needs to yeah. study the, the distinction. Yeah, and marijuana. It's not marijuana, it's medi, like medicine. M E D I, juana. Okay. And by the way, the United States has a U.S. patent for cannab- cannabinoids, I believe, which is a, a byproduct of cannabis. Right, yes, I think they, they have like much. five or six patents on it, different yeah, strains maybe. or whatever. I, I know I've seen one. And they well, those say patents are only good on. in those patents are only good in the ten mile square district of Columbia, and two letter abbreviations and five or more numbered fictitious zones and other which territories and possessions of the government. Which is just about everywhere. Well, you said her house was in Massachusetts. Yep. Isn't that a separate Commonwealth? That's not within District of Columbia, is it? Well, no. but if the woman is using a two-letter abbreviation and zip code and uh, is a resident and a voter and all that, then I guess she is in the U.S. jurisdiction. And her, I bet her private property deed is in the public property records too. Well, yeah, plus it was never it was never accepted, acknowledged. That's that's why she needs to get her deed removed. Yep. Yeah, she needs Everybody to get Howard's. Needs to she it. needs to get Howard Griswold's security agreement indemnity bond financing statement recorded, and then at the state secretary of state's UCC office, and then have Howard draw up for her a affidavit of commercial notice, which terminates that deed registration. Mm. And wow. or they, she can give them an offer for them to either pay her the today's market value of her land, mm-hmm. the just compensation that they should have paid her when they. Yeah recorded her private property deed into the public property records without just compensation. It was a taking of her private property land without just compensation. Right. Well, she never asked for it. She actually placed it there. That's part of the problem. No, she didn't. Some lawyer did it to her, for her. Well, yeah, that's true. But there's a lot of ways to actually remove uh, property from petrols. Well, she needs to get it terminated. Otherwise, they're going to continue to put their codes on her, their land that she she gave to them to hold and trust for her. All right. Is that it? Yeah, yeah, I'm all set. I'm all set, yeah. Good night, everyone. Good night. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate you coming in and filling in for us. It just went right by two hours. Well, We're always you. entertaining, and we always learn something. Thank you. Um, everybody, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Thursday. And um, take care of each other and do good. And don't, do good and don't forget to donate a little bit. And don't forget to what? 
donate a little bit to oh. help those that uh, work hard, like Angela and some other people. Well, Don't thank donate you so much. to me. I never ask for donations for myself. Uh, I appreciate that. Thank you. No problem. All right. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.